welcome to the Moms Are Not Alright podcast, or welcome back if you're a returning listener. I am a mom in her room talking into her phone about things that I deal with throughout the week as a mom, wife, human, person. Um, It's usually late at night when I'm recording, like right now. I put the kids to bed and I try to get the episode created so that it's ready Monday morning. This week, I want to talk about consumerism, what it is, the pros and cons, and I want to talk about consuming not just goods and things, but also information and content, other people's thoughts, ideas, opinions. I will also talk about the different spending types and maybe if you understand your spending type, you might be able to move through the world a little differently or like understand why you do certain things that you do. And I'll talk about my plan for the week, which I really wanted to bring here. I need your help keeping me accountable. Uh, I'll first read the definition of consumerism because what I learned when looking this up is that there are different ways the word is used and different um, definitions for it. So the one of the definitions is the protection or promotion of the interests of consumers. Example, the growth of consumerism has led to many organizations improving their service to the customer. Another definition definition is the preoccupation of society with the acquisition of consumer goods. An example is many people are becoming increasingly conscious of the environmental impact of consumerism. Um, another definition I found, um, it wasn't as like uh, upfront, but consumerism is the idea that increasing the consumption of goods and services purchased in the market is always a desirable goal and that a person's well-being and happiness depend fundamentally on obtaining consumer goods and material possessions. Overall, it's like the act of people buying things. There are a couple different pros and cons of consumerism. First pro is this one theory that consumer spending is the key driver of the economy and that encouraging consumers to spend is a major policy goal. From this point of view, consumerism is a positive phenomenon that fuels economic growth. And I experienced this when I was working for a big name coffee brand during the pandemic and People had gotten thousands of dollars in extra money um, from the stimulus. And some people saved or paid off debt, but most spent a little more or a little more than they would have otherwise. And that caused an uptick in spending at takeout places and drive throughs especially because for drive throughs it was accessible and it resulted in record profits Um, And also not even food, but like Amazon, I remember being overwhelmed and uh, shipping was crazy because there just like was such a high demand and not enough people to 
cover it. Everyone was home, like online shopping. But um, in our big company-wide meetings, they attributed a lot of the success to the stimulus for these like record profits. So I mean, I can see, I can see that idea being applied all over. Like the company I work for now, it's also a food um, establishment. If people buy more burgers, the company makes more money. I get a bigger quarterly bonus. I can now spend on things that are not exactly necessities and put the money I gained from society like right back into it. And there's like a kind of like a flow going on. At least that's what I see from my perspective. I'm like not an economist. I just work for big brands and join their financial calls. The second pro is... Clinical psychologist Scott Bay, P-S-Y-D, I'm assuming that's like a title of some sort. Um, I'm going to read a quote from him. He said, research suggests there's usually a lot of psychological and therapeutic value when you're shopping, if done in moderation, of course, he says. Whether you're adding items to your shopping cart online or visiting your favorite boutique for a few hours, You do get a psychological and emotional boost, he adds. Even window shopping or online browsing can bring brain-fueled happiness. But again, you want to make sure it doesn't get out of hand. And the third pro is shopping restores a sense of control. Research has shown that making shopping decisions can help reinforce a sense of personal control over our environment. It can also ease feelings of sadness In a 2014 study from the Journal of Consumer Psychology, they found that retail therapy not only makes people happier immediately, but it can also fight lingering sadness. Um, Another quote from Dr. Bay, shopping and its sensory stimulation gets us to visualize positive outcomes. Athletes, for example, have also found that this type of visual visualization can create positive anticipation and can reduce anxiety so why does shopping make people so happy and it's because the act of shopping releases dopamine and what i learned is even it releases dopamine even before a purchase is made so Quoting Dr. Bay again, he said, just browsing, scrolling, or window shopping, but not buying something, can positively impact your mood. It's the simple anticipation of the eventual possibility of a reward or treat that releases dopamine, the hormone neurotransmitter in your brain that makes you feel good. Dopamine increases your desire to continue to seek out things that make you feel good. Some think dopamine is released when you actually get a reward or purchase the item, but it begins before you make a purchase as you're delighting in all the possibilities, he said. It's about the whole journey. Um, And then he says one more example. Ever fill up an online cart but abandon it because you already feel relatively satisfied? It's that. 
So you don't always need to purchase something to feel the delight because you've gone through like an ex exciting mental journey already. And um, like that can be kind of like playing with fire, I guess. Um, but he also adds that spending less money may be even more rewarding. Online shopping can also ignite dopamine releases in another way. Um, waiting for your package to arrive. Uh, think about retail subscriptions where you may not know exactly what's being delivered in the box. The unpredictability increases your anticipation. And since the reward is unpredictable, you experience dopamine-fueled excitement. Um, if you're a fan of retail therapy, there's another route to consider. It can also be psychologically therapeutic if you save up for that reward rather than buying something immediately with your credit card. Uh, like when you think of anticipation, like saving up for the reward gives you something to look forward to, creates excitement, and you release dopamine over like a longer period of time. I feel this a lot with coffee in the car. I sometimes will get excited to get in the car and go to baseball because I know I'll be getting a coffee and sometimes I feel like grateful for this excitement because without it I might just have like dread to go to baseball. I'm like more inclined or like looking forward to getting in the car and going because I know I'm getting that coffee <laughs> and I... I build up buying coffee as this like amazing thing and I think about it the whole time I'm in the car and I might not drink a coffee at home like in the afternoon if I'm leaving kind of soon and well I know I'm gonna get one on the way and I especially feel this way with nice weather like a whole picture or like vibe is in my head where like I imagine windows down good weather, happy music, delicious iced coffee. It's like a whole storyline. So I totally understand those like examples that doctor was given. And something I noticed is if I take a break from buying coffee, when I start drinking it again, it tastes so amazing and I can't believe I deprived myself and then over time as I keep getting it and keep drinking it and it becomes more of a regular thing and I like get back in the habit the luster of the coffee kind of fades so these reactions from shopping have a lot in common with other impulse control disorders like sex addiction and gambling addiction there's also similarity between compulsive shopping urges and the high that's sought after in drug or alcohol addiction um compulsive shoppers may also experience blackout episodes like similar to alcohol related blackouts in which the buyer doesn't really remember making the purchases or like they do but they're like so overwhelmed with you know all the emotions and the high that it's clouds their judgment and I'm a very impulsive person, so all of this makes total sense to me. Like, I feel, I'm not like a crazy shopper, but I know the feeling when I buy something and I get, I do know and can relate to that, like, high. But, um, 
I either just, like, I'm an impulsive, like, no matter what. Like, I either just say things or talk over people because I just, like, have to say things without pausing. Like, I feel the impulse is... I felt it so bad when I went to Disney. I was, like, walking through the store because when you get off the ride, you, like, a lot of them you have to walk. Like, the exit is through a store. And I was looking at all this stuff, and I was feeling so overwhelmed. I was, like, suggesting things to my kids to buy because, like, I just was so wrapped up and, like, wanted to buy all the awesome Disney stuff. And... I really did feel like I was running on a high there, even though my kids didn't really care or want too much stuff, which was, like, really surprising to me. So how do you know if you are the good kind of shopping or the bad kind of shopping? Um, Dr. Bay mentions, pay attention to how you feel while spending. Signs of shopping compulsion include preoccupation with and difficulty resisting buying unneeded items, spending a lot of time doing research on items that may or may not be needed, financial difficulties because of uncontrolled shopping, or problems at work, school, or home because of spending that's gotten out of control. Uh, Shopaholics will benefit most from learning what has led to their behavior. Cutting up credit cards isn't going to do it. The focus should be on exploring the underlying causes paired with the right kind of therapy. And the more I think about this, the more I'm like relating everything I'm reading to problematic drinking. Like you have these issues or hurt or pain and consuming either alcohol or items can cause your hurt or pain or boredom to go away for a bit and over time we associate those things like alcohol with good feelings like I'm just thinking right now like I also did the whole storyline with alcohol like going out was a whole thing I'd get ready and I thought that was so fun I would be excited to see my friends I would get drinks like it I created a whole storyline in my head of how the night was going to go, how I was going to feel. And obviously, like, you know, the next day, the reality wouldn't really line up with the whole storyline I had in my head. So I can see um, how people might do that with shopping. But there's a lot of psychology that plays into spending and consuming. And companies have, like whole ass departments to figure out how to use those like human traits to sell products so don't feel bad if you're falling for it or wondering why it's so difficult for you to like not spend money it's not entirely on you like yes there you do have some responsibility in it unfortunately you can't uh deny that but the world makes it really easy to play on those parts of our brains that make it easy to sell things. So some ways companies use human psychology to get sales is um, so people love finding a good deal and people are more likely to pay for an expensive item on a discount than if that item was first available 
at the lower price. Like a bracelet for $80? No. The same bracelet, now $80, but price slashed from $120, that's a good deal, you know? And I used to see this all the time on my Etsy shop when I, I had an Etsy shop at one point, and they would send you tips. And I was in a lot of Facebook groups, and that was one of the tactics. Like you'd put your shop on sale, and then you'd go up in the search feed, but you really wouldn't go on sale. You would just like say you're on sale. You'd raise your price and then cut it however much. And another thing I learned from Etsy, it was like another psychological trick or a way to get people to spend more was um this was during their no shipping fee error like that was the big thing like right before I got off it um but they had a really big push and they were kind of like incentivizing it so if you tagged your shop as like free shipping they'd put you in the search more so it was like I guess customers are just way more likely to buy an item for $29.99 with free shipping than they would be to buy an item for $25 with $4.99 shipping and like I don't know who's figuring this out but they figured it out in some way and they really started to push everyone and they want Etsy shops to do good because they get a percentage you know like the shops do good they do good so they like to try to like give you tips so a lot of people like didn't understand it at first but you would still be charging the same amount and paying the same amount for shipping it just wouldn't show up as itemized or just show up as like one larger total price but um i know personally i like that like when i'm shopping i don't like the surprise fees at the end i don't like having to do the work of putting all my info in and like figuring out just to be slapped with like a I don't know $10 shipping fee and then I'm like wait what so I like seeing the total in like the total cost of whatever I'm buying like right up front I actually experience this a lot looking at hotels and airbnbs I always hit the option like now they have like a filtered uh, option for airbnb you can hit an option that says like, show me the total price. Uh, so you don't have to worry about, you know, choosing a place and then seeing all the fees after. Like, I don't want the mental gymnastics of figuring out the math and then having to like compare all the different options, going through all these steps to just like figure out the price. But Dr. Bay said, online shopping, credit cards, and social media make it easier than ever to spend. We can see something for the first time on Instagram and have it in our hands in 48 hours with just one click. And we can actually pay for it later. Online shopping is designed for ease and ads are created to entice us to buy, meaning saying no is harder than ever. I hear this phrase a lot, like when I'm listening to the when I had my Etsy shop, I'd listen to a lot of like product business podcasts and um, or some of the people I follow on Instagram would always use the word friction for that. Like you need to remove the friction in order to really benefit from the impulse 
dopamine rush that humans get while shopping and friction is like sending people to other pages or requiring a lot of info to fill out or the more steps and time people have to like think about it the less likely they're they are to buy and instagram even has the shopping feature now which i used before um i'm just glad they didn't have that during the pandemic when i was buying a bunch of things i didn't need out of like boredom or just like looking for stuff to do at home like a new toy or like i brought i bought a projector like just weird stuff that i otherwise probably wouldn't have bought (laughs) and something else i stumbled upon in my like money psychology searches is that people are more likely to spend on payday than any other day they use the example of people are more likely to go out to eat that day like take their whole family out so having promotions on you know traditional paydays can also help increase sales and people are more likely to spend so lately i've been experiencing like a consumer hangover almost like guilt and shame and thinking i'm wasting time and energy and like resources from all the things i've been consuming the past couple weeks i don't know i just feel out of whack and it really feels like a hangover i would get from alcohol like i have the shame guilt feelings that i'm wasting my time and energy I'll start questioning my choices, questioning if I'm responsible, which then makes me question like literally everything. Like, am I a good person? Am I humaning right? Am I a good mom? Like, I want to buy these kayaks. <laughs> and I've been thinking about it for two summers now. And I saw some at Walmart for less than $200 um, if I buy these like it's one specific color Uh, the bright orange one and I can't bring myself to pull the trigger because I'm afraid I'll have those afterthoughts but we live right next to a lake and I do feel like I would use them a couple times a year at least but I don't know I feel like I've thought that about a lot of stuff I've bought like oh I'll use this and I have a whole story in my head I can envision this like awesome time like the projector for instance oh i'm gonna use it all the time i'm gonna have all these movie nights but the reality doesn't really line up with my storyline i envisioned and then i'm thinking like ah why did i buy that um oh so i'm like very into minimalism i really love that and i I go back to it whenever I start feeling this way. Like, I love purging my house. There's no better feeling in this world to me than, like, purging and organizing and just kind of, like, reviewing and taking inventory of all the objects in my house and, like, where I can find them if I need them. I love having spots for things and anything that goes outside that spot, it, like, has to go. Like, if the items start overflowing, they go. Like, I don't expand the space type deal. 
And then I also have the three other people I live with that, that are kind of the opposite. Like they just all want stuff all the time and leave stuff all over. My husband has three doors that he hangs his pants on. I don't know why he does not prefer to just have them all in one spot. So there's just like no question where his pants are and where he can find them when he wants to wear them. And this is like in addition to like his closet. Like they get all folded up and then he like some of them get hung in all different places or if he's in the shower he'll like hang them on the door and he's probably listening to this like rolling his eyes and like thinking I'm ridiculous because we we like talk about it all the time but I try to just let him do him but it's hard to watch he leaves all his electronics and camera equipment everywhere to his computer spot he keeps trying to make on the top of the microwave, which makes no sense to me. I move it all the time. I gave him his own like designated electronic shelf in the kitchen and tried labeling. And there's like a plug there that I thought was a great solution so he could charge his stuff. But now it always ends up back on the microwave with all the cords and accessories. <sighs> I know I mentioned being in a car in nice weather is such a coffee trigger for me. Being in the car with someone else doesn't trigger coffee to me though. It's only when I'm by myself or if I'm in the car with the kids. It's like, I don't know if it's the story I made or it's that that's the way it always plays out. So now I've done it so many times that my brain associates it with like car rides with the kids. I don't know. So I've been working on trying to break that coffee habit. I feel like coffee gets a bad rap. Like, will buying a coffee every day keep you from owning a home? Probably not. It's like if you spend $7 a day, let me see. I'm going to do the math right now. If you spend $7 a day, because that's sometimes what they are now, 365 days, mm, it's $2,555, like probably not enough to buy a down payment. But for me personally, coffee is the tip of the iceberg. If I buy a coffee, I may be more inclined to buy takeout or something else that day. Like being in that frame of mind to buy things like I don't know. It's like Newton's laws of motion. Like a body at rest will stay at rest. A body in motion will stay in motion. And coffee is like the ball of motion for me. And I always go through these cycles and I'll buy coffee a lot. And then I kind of get sick of it. In fact, the past couple times I got it, I almost didn't finish it. Um, and I do this a lot with a lot of things. Like if I like a song... I'll listen to it over and over or that artist over and over or if I like a snack I'll eat it every day until I'm not into it anymore. I do that with seltzer flavors too. I did it with alcohol. Like once I had one I just like wanted more. I never felt like full up. I don't know. I feel like I do that with spending too. I feel like I have all the qualities to be a shopaholic so I try to curb it like I did with alcohol and all the other things I'm like slowly over time 
removing from my life that just like no longer serve me and I'm I'm sick of consuming not just items but also like information and Instagram reels and shows and even podcasts and music I've been driving in silence and I didn't notice it at first and then once I noticed it I thought oh man maybe I should listen to music instead of podcasts because it's a little less heavy and it's not as like consumer like consumption really I typically listen to podcasts and not really music like hardly ever but then scrolling Apple to like pick a song I then couldn't decide what I wanted to listen to and then I kind of remembered or maybe like realized that not listening to anything is also an option and then I started walking without listening to anything too because I just felt like I couldn't hear myself think like I was just consuming or thinking of other people's thoughts and feelings and opinions and education and like all day just like consuming things on Instagram on Facebook from work anything I learned I'd read like I was just consuming consuming and I couldn't really think about things on my own I'm also feeling that in this season I'm also doing the same things with food I'm like eating even when I'm not hungry or needing it like the coffee I started having feelings of like not satisfied and wouldn't finish the coffee and that's kind of what I feel like is going on here too with the food like I think I just need to pump the brakes on all these things I'm doing and I go through spurts of not watching tv because I'll just be super busy or super tired but if a new season of something I like comes out or interests me I'll stop everything and do that and I like watch it like you know right in a row I binge it again it's like that compulsive trait to me and I do it until I can't do it anymore or I'm sick of it and when I'm in that like binge watching zone again it's like the coffee like it's the coffee's not the whole story but if I'm in that zone I find that it trickles into other things so if I'm like binge watching tv I associate the tv with snacks and takeout it's again like the picture I make for myself I did it the other night I like instead of cleaning or showering or working on my cake top orders I was tired and I got takeout and binged Queen Charlotte when the kids went to bed and I was so full And it was so amazing. I was like, oh my God, this is the best night. I was anticipating it. I had a plan that I was going to do it. Uh, Then the next day I woke up with a little bit of a stomach ache because it was pretty late when I was eating and I ate more than like I should have. Like I was a little uncomfortable and I was like, oh man, I shouldn't have eaten that last bite, like that last portion. And then I'm thinking like, why did I spend $30 on these two apps spend six hours watching a show and now I'm not feeling that great and I'm tired because I stayed up wicked late and now I'm being shorter with my kids and less productive and then the guilt and the shame cycle starts again it's like literally 
the same cycle when I was drinking. Like, same thing. I'd wake up with a bellyache. I'd be tired because I stayed up late watching TV. And, like, except it's takeout and Netflix instead of alcohol. And I feel like I stopped drinking at a good time because it was before, like, the inflation or as bad as the inflations have gotten. And I think it would have been affecting my financial situation way more now than it did then. Like, I went to Bertucci's a couple weekends ago with my husband, just the two of us, and we got, like, water, no alcohol. We did get a chicken wing app, but our bill came out to just about $100, like, after all was said and done. So I'm curious what everyone's dinner tabs are looking like now if you know them and their partners like get a glass of wine or two glasses of wine at dinner like what is that bill looking like like when I was drinking I would drink a pack of Trulies a week um it was like the bigger pack I think it was 12 in a pack and I would try to limit myself to just that So when I stopped drinking, I gained that $20 a week back. And that was also in addition to, like, going out with my friends. And most of the time, I stayed within my, like, one-pack-a-week limit. But sometimes I wouldn't. I might have, like, needed to re-up a day or two early sometimes. So then I was spending, I don't know, like, $30 or $40 a week instead. But I've been working hard the past, like, year and a half to just end my consuming. I mean, with the alcohol, but then I also have worked on stopping my consuming of, like, beauty products and services. I used to do that a lot. Like, not super over the top, but, like, I would spend a lot of time and money on that. I loved Sephora, new makeup. But it's very costly, and I decided, like, I can't spend my resources, like, time almost more than money or brain space just on, like, looking hot anymore. Like, I just can't afford it right now. Like, maybe in the future I can think about it, or if I have less money going to the kids and, like, their activities and all that, maybe I'll be like, oh... This will be fine to get my hair done. But until then, it's like just kind of off the table. And I do struggle with it sometimes. And sometimes I break it. Like, who doesn't like taking a picture that you feel like you look amazing in? (coughs) Or dressing up and putting on makeup and like impressing your partner on a date night. Like, Like, it's a mating call. But... To have these appealing visuals and messages in my face, um, like while scrolling Instagram or social media, like they counter what I'm trying to do and accomplish. It's like constant work to fight the want to also look like that too. (coughs) And like, I feel like I'm just constantly fighting the impulses and temptations and just trying to not buy into the story that if I do these things if I buy this product if my hair is blonde if my pores disappear like create the story that my life will be happier and better like I don't 
really believe that, but sometimes marketing can really, like, affect me. I don't know. So I feel like I try to take breaks from that, too. Something that makes not consuming so hard to do also is, like, most items being consumed and releasing the dopamine and that people tend to overdo are all things we typically do as social activities with friends like going shopping with friends out to eat with friends like food becomes this gathering and if you don't eat and drink with people all the time like your social life it it takes a hit at least I felt like mine has now that I don't drink anymore which like like so much of what everyone does is like consume things together so it's hard to stop because you have such positive associations with it sometimes it's like a social thing like you also get a lot of benefit from social gatherings it's really fucking hard to break i feel like convenience is now something also that can get people to spend more too like back in the day Families had someone home doing all the home things. And today, like, more and more houses have both parents working, so the home things need to be outsourced. I have recently debated outsourcing my laundry because it is my biggest burden, I think, but I haven't pulled the trigger yet. So this week, what I want to do is I want to delete the social media apps on my phone And I'm going to try to not go on social media at all. Sometimes I'll end up on it on my desktop if I need to check an event or something. But I'm going to really try to refrain from doing that. I'm going to try to not spend any money. I'm going to not watch TV and snack at night. And just like reject it all and see if I feel better. One week If it's, like, a short-term thing, I'm usually more successful at that than, like, longer-term commitments. And it might not work. Like, I might, like, be even worse, like, grumpier and, like, upset because now I have nothing to, like, bring me joy. But I feel like when I feel this way about things, like, when I start to feel over it or things are not making me happy like they used to like if I don't listen to it and I just keep doing the things that I'm questioning my feelings get like worse like they get a little more intense and I feel anxious and when I do listen to the feelings and I try to act on them I at least like kind of learn something about myself or about how I feel or I don't know, I usually get something out of it, even if I, like, go back. Or sometimes I just, like, curb a habit. Even if I I don't get rid of something forever, I can just, like, mm, tone it down a bit. So I I usually feel better after when I try to, like, sort out whatever I'm feeling. So I'm just going to give it a shot this week. But if you see me on social media call me out (laughs) if you see me at the baseball game pulling up with a mary lou's coffee call me out because i need i need to know people are watching (laughs) and see if that helps me 
maintain my non-consuming this week. So another thing I learned when I was looking up uh, money and spending is that there are four types of spending. And it is abundant spending, neutral spending, scarcity spending, and avoidance spending. Each type of spending leads to very different results. And this is done by, uh, she's called Meadow Dever. Um, I could be saying that wrong, but she's like a life money coach of some sort. I'll link her on my website when I transcribe this, but this is how she describes abundant spending. This is money spent from the abundant zone on the abundant scale. Thoughts about this spend are abundant, generous, and positively charged. You feel good about the price. You feel good emotionally and feel good about the item that you're paying for. It is an action that is taken from abundant and positive feelings and thoughts. Then neutral spending, this is money spent from a neutral zone on the abundance scale. Thoughts about this spend are neutral and not emotionally charged. You feel neutral about the price, feel neutral emotionally, and feel neutral about the item that you're paying for. It is an action that is taken from neutral feelings and thoughts. And then there is scarcity spending. This is money spent from the scarce zone on the abundance scale. Thoughts about this spend are scarce, resistant, and negatively charged. If you feel bad about the price, feel bad emotionally, and or feel bad about the item that you're paying for is an action that's taken from the scarce and negative feelings and thoughts. And then last is avoidance spending. This is money spent unconsciously <clears throat> in order to not experience scarce or negative feelings and thoughts. Avoidance spending is money spent in the scarcity zone on the abundance scale, even though you do not recognize the feeling at the time. This is an action taken to not feel something, to numb a feeling. This is an action usually taken to distract yourself from the truth, to distract you from what you're really feeling. It is typically money spent in order to avoid feeling broke, stuck, bored, lonely, left out. Avoidance spending can also be money that you are unconsciously spending because you aren't dealing with your finances. So like unused gym memberships, extra cell phone minutes, unused automatic payments, overdraft fees, all that. So she gives examples of buying coffee uh, under each scenario. So scenario one, it's the abundance. It's, I am in a very good mood. I have plenty of time. I go to my favorite coffee shop. <clears throat> Sorry, I keep coughing. I'm like, my throat's scratchy. Um, but I go to my favorite coffee shop and hang out, get some work done. It's owned by one of my best friends here in town. I walk in and I'm happily surprised to see uh, the people sitting and talking. I join friends. Um, they bring me over the most perfect cappuccino and... We all get caught up on the latest shenanigans and share our latest woes. 
these are my people, I love them, I drop a few bucks in the barista's jar before I leave, uh, I feel great about my life, my time, my friends, I'm in a place of abundance, not just abundance of money, but abundance of support, friendship, and care. I feel overwhelmingly grateful. Those dollars in the tip jar are an abundant spend. Scenario number two, I'm on my way out of town and I want to grab a cup of coffee for the road. Right around the corner from my house is a tiny market that the neighborhood affectionately calls the pantry. I stop by the pantry to grab a cup of joe, not giving a lot of thought to the coffee or the price. I glance at the headlines on the newspaper by the cash register, pay my two bucks, then hop in my car and head onto the highway. I'm feeling peaceful. This cup of coffee is a neutral spend. I'm still caught on the $2 coffee. <clears throat> Mine are all starting to get to like four fifty. And then coffee scenario number three. I have about 15 minutes before my next client and I'm exhausted. Maybe a cup of coffee will help. Ah, I'm out of coffee. There's a Starbucks a few blocks from my house over closer to the college. And I decide to drive over there to get a coffee. There's a line out the door of college students. Every single one of them is going to be ordering a stupid frappuccino. It's going to take forever to even be able to order my coffee. I'm angry in the line. I'm frustrated by dumb college students who don't know what to order. I'm mad at myself for running out of coffee in the first place. By the time I get to the front of the line, I have exactly one minute before I have to get on a call with my next client. I pay my two bucks and give the barista evil eyes to try to make him hurry. I'm feeling impatient and frustrated. Even though my thoughts and feelings are not specifically about the money, this is a scarcity spend. And coffee scenario number four, I wake up with a pit in my stomach. My little girl is going on vacation with her dad for an entire week. This is the first time she's been gone this long. I'm going to be dropping her off at school in an hour and we'll need to say goodbye there. I hate this. I decide to take her to the donut shop to celebrate our last morning together. I get coffee and she gets a donut and milk. We spend our last 15 minutes together talking about her upcoming trip. <clears throat> I drop her off at school and get back into my car and cry for the first time all morning. I go to journal my spend and notice that I want to say the spend was abundant because it was a celebration, but the truth is that I was sad. I was sad and trying to avoid being sad. I lied to myself and called it a celebration. A celebration of what? Saying goodbye? That's nothing I like to celebrate. I tried to avoid my sadness by celebrating. This is an avoidance spend. <coughs> oh, sorry for my coughing. I feel like I definitely have money issues. Like I'm still working through from like my life experiences and my upbringing. And I thought I, or I think, maybe I am a scarcity spending, but... I feel like I don't really think negatively like that in the moment. <clears throat> it's always like after or if I buy the same things a bunch of times in a row, it like loses its luster. But I don't know. I don't feel like I feel that way generally. I, I feel like I can see myself being one of any of those types of spending at any given time. Like, not every purchase I've made has been, like, pure bliss and happiness. 
and I definitely automate a lot, but it's not really avoiding finances, which I 100% did when I was younger. Like, I avoided it. I did not want to look at it. I didn't want to, like, account for anything because it was, like, so scary to me. But, I don't know. I do it more so now so I don't forget bills and it's less work and there's, like, less mess-ups. But I feel like my bad feelings come with the story that I made in my head not aligning with the story that actually played out. Like, I'll almost feel duped or, like, I didn't get what I wanted even though I spent the money. So then I feel wronged or, like, I wasted resources, money. Like, when I get an iced coffee and there is, like, hardly any ice in it, it's not even cold, it's, like, lukewarm. Oh my god, I could go into a fucking blind rage over that. And maybe that is scarcity because I like spent my hard-earned four dollars on this for nothing like now it's a waste I don't even want to drink it and it isn't lost on me that my emotions make a big deal over something so small but I don't know the story and the experience I thought I was getting didn't feel small in that moment I guess so as I mentioned this week I decided I'm not going to consume not going on social media so call me out if you see anything (laughs) i'm not gonna watch tv even though there is a new season of queer eye i will try to make it wait until next week i just need a break and then probably next week i'll resume with my consumption and it might even be like more thrilling i think like it might bring back the luster of it and hopefully you know, what I talked about in the beginning, like, the anticipation of, like, oh, I get to watch Queer Eye next week will, like, release dopamine, like, all week and, like, build the anticipation. I hope this all happens. I have no idea. Maybe I'll report back uh, before I start the next episode and let you know how it goes. I hope this got your wheels turning about your spending and consumption. Maybe you have it all figured out. If so, please tell me your secrets your tips and your tricks if you don't have it all figured out please don't be too hard on yourself like our human psychology is tested all throughout the day even if we don't know it and it's exhausting to fight it sometimes especially when like the human brain weaknesses are being directly targeted and you are just trying to like survive and buying something brings you a bit of joy like buying A new Alfred every week is better than buying a bunch of crack. So let's just focus on the wins here, not the losses. If shame made significant positive changes, we would all be perfect versions of ourselves. And there would be no need for this podcast. So I hope you have a good week. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I think next week I want to talk about like boys and men and society's effect on them because that's been heavy on my heart recently like as a boy mom but um anyway i am going to go now and i hope you have a great day Uh, i'll see you next week goodbye